0: Game of Thrones season five, episode seven is over, but we are just getting started here on the Game of Thrones post show recap. And now here are the two guys who are more excited than Samuel Tarly. I'm Rob Cisterna and, and here filling in for Josh Wiggler is Antonio Mazzaro. Antonio, how are you? Rob, how are you? I'm
1: great. I, I feel so bad filling in for Josh. And, and this is Samuel Tarly's <laughs> finest moment as an adult male. And
0: here I am. Of all the nights for Josh to be on a plane, Antonio. Of, of all the nights. Oh my. Oh my. Uh, oh my is right. Is, is Samuel tarley infringing on George Decay's catchphrase? Oh my.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, my. he might be. I mean, but, uh, yeah, well, we got Little Sam there. I like it. Uh, sh- did Gilly tell Sam to take care of Little Sam? Is that what she said? Did I miss that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> she looked like she was doing that job.
1: Yep, well,
0: yep. yep. There you go. All right. So, uh all sorts of happy uh coitus in this week's episode, uh unlike last week's episode. So, uh, a lot to break down on a night where karma is a you know what for Cersei Lannister.
1: Yeah. I uh, can't say it didn't can't say we didn't see it coming, but uh maybe <laughs> Cersei didn't. I don't know why she didn't, but uh, this is this isn't bad news, I think. She almost ended up sellies with Marjorie. I thought that would be a sweet ending.
0: For yeah, that'd be a funny, uh, way to end the episode, but you, you kind of feel like she should have seen this coming.
1: Yeah. I, there, even last week, little finger gave her a little bit of a name check. I think he just kind of, when he's sitting at the table, there says something to her. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he said something to her that sort of should have raised her suspicion that he knew what was up and that he was ready to, to bring that card into play here. And I just, we talk I've, talk, I've been on this show a couple of times this season, talked about it every time. How could she let Lancel Lannister just dangle around out there? It's sort of ridiculous to think about. Like, this is such a loose end and it's really coming back to bite her.
0: You know, not only was he a loose end just as a person, but the fact that then he was part of this, you know, religious extremist movement, which is going on and then to go and really weaponize this religious fundamentalist movement, which the person that knows a lot of bad stuff that she did happens to be a member who is now a reformed person. It really feels like she didn't think this plan through.
1: Yeah, I got to tell you, if I have an ex that joins ISIS, I am like fleeing and hiding. (laughs) I mean, that is just, uh, there's no chance that I'm letting myself just publicly flaunt around my power. I am running away, even, and that's me. I'm not even like the queen mother. I'm the queen regent or whatever Cersei's title for herself is at this point. Uh, that's not who I am. But I'm, I'm hiding. If that's my life for her, I don't understand. Don't understand. But this is, uh, this is what happens to an unfettered Cersei without Tywin in the mix and without Jamie in the mix and without she sent everyone away who could possibly hold her back. This is what we get.
0: Okay, so a lot to do and a lot to break down here on our Game of Thrones live recap. Of course, we've got our chat room open on postshowrecaps.com. We also are taking your tweets, hashtag PSRecaps, and then also on our YouTube channel at postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube. And of course, you can subscribe to the Game of Thrones podcast feed every week. We're doing Game of Thrones live here on Sunday nights. We're doing the feedback show. Uh, We've got book club. So lots of stuff happening in the Game of Thrones world. Get it all here postshowrecaps.com slash got iTunes all right Antonio how you been I've
1: been okay Rob how about you this is uh this is a nice it's a nice return to form a little bit in some respects for Game of Thrones last week was really tough for me uh, and I, I'm not I know I'm not in the minority on that I one. know so Josh
0: was I'm, telling me you were very bummed out about last week's episode
1: I was and it uh, there are still some vestiges of that that we'll talk about tonight that, that come into play tonight for sure. But uh but on the whole, I'm I'm glad to have some bounce back here and I'm glad to to get some distance between what happened last week, even though it's it's really just figurative because it's talked about and it, it's still very present. Uh so it's nice to have something else to kind of uh carry the story forward here for
0: sure. Okay, so let's go back to this stuff we're talking about with Cersei and King's Landing and sort of talk through all that stuff and then we'll bounce around all of Westeros and and Marine and whatnot. So Cersei ends up with you know this whole plan which was all just to take Marjorie out like wouldn't it have just been a better plan just to have Marjorie murdered
1: I think so again wouldn't it have been a better plan to have Lancel murdered wouldn't it have been a better plan to have a lot of these people murdered I it's it's Cersei's true hubris I think that she really does want to as is mentioned throughout the episode strip the the Tyrells bare and strip away all their layers and all of their pretense and all of their high kind of appointed uh, everything and and really have them laid on display for everyone to watch this is not just a murder it's a humiliation and contrast to the Tyrells of course who were more than willing to just murder Joffrey uh Cersei is is taking a much more vindictive path here and of course it, it looks like it's she's cutting off her nose to spite her face so this is what you get I guess
0: yeah, and then she happens to go and happens to visit Marjorie just at a time where High Sparrow is able to, you know, tell her everything that's going on. It, it really it's just like aggravating to me that, you know, when this first happened in the beginning of the season, when she first started talking to the High Sparrow, I said to Josh, she was like, "Boy, isn't this a bad plan because isn't like don't a lot of people know like what she's up to and all the incest rumors, not even with the Lance of Lannister stuff?"
1: Yeah, it's it just you really have to understand the throne on which you sit if you're going to snipe down on people and she sits on a throne of lies.
0: Yes, it really is a a throne of lies, a spool of lies, whatever you want to call it. And it was just so such a bad plan. I, I mean, I I don't want to get into uh, too much of the, the book stuff, but is this pretty much note for note in the books or is there a lot of changes from the books to this?
1: There's a fair amount of deviation. I mean, the standard plot remains the same. Cersei remar- arms the Faith Militant, uh, and through various uh, underpinnings and various kind of things that go on, uh, the, the the sword of the Faith Militant ends up pointed at Cersei. So the basic kind of plan is the same. And I, I do think that it, as you, you say the word plan, I'm not sure how much of a plan it really is. It's, it's very emotional that what she's doing uh, and kind of following through. She, she's in business with the High Septon, the High Sparrow, somebody she doesn't really know. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy just kind of marched into town after Tywin left, and this is who she chooses to kind of deal with, and it's a really bad idea. And like I said, if you've got Jamie around, you've got Tywin around, you've got Tyrion around when Tyrion was on the small council, or Varys, or any of these people who could have advised her, this probably goes down a little differently, but part of her plan uh, to control Tommen and control what's going on is to send all those people away one by one in various ways, shapes, and forms. And I mean, at, at some point, your chickens come home to roost. And that's really what's happening with Cersei. It's not so much a plan as this is sort of the end result of a lot of the decisions that she's made over the course of every season.
0: So I'm not really sure where we go from here now with Cersei also incarcerated, now common is really left to fend for himself he really has nobody telling him what to do at some point you feel like this faith militant is going to be coming for him after they're going to really start to investigate uh, all these bastard rumors and go from there and then are are they just going to eventually just vacate the throne
1: that seems entirely possible right it it certainly would seem a logical thing if If we're going down the line here, I I don't know how much Lancel can confirm or deny the bastard rumors. Uh, What Lancel's got on Cersei is that Lancel helped poison the wine uh, and and make it stronger, essentially, so that uh, Robert was so drunk that he couldn't fight a boar when he was hunting, uh, and he was gored up from the middle. Uh, And he knows Cersei's kind of plot and plan and all that. And he absolutely knows that Cersei uh, had sexual relations with him. And so, uh, inside of wedlock. So, those two things put together, uh, I think, in the eyes of the faith militant are probably pretty bad, uh, and they're more than enough to undo Cersei. Whether, the, whether they can undo Tommen, I'm not sure about that. Um, it certainly would seem to me like uh, the High Septon. I don't know. What's your take on the High Septon, Rob? Do you think this guy's got ulterior motives, or is he purely this um, man of the book of the seven-pointed star and all that? Is this, is this is he really a true believer, or is there something more going on here?
0: That's a good question. Uh, who knows with the High Septon? I, I've been vocal. I don't like the High Septon. I don't like this the whole storyline with, you know, I, I liked Westeros the way it was. So I, I didn't need the High Septon coming in and busting up this whole thing. I do think that there is like this whole French Revolution type thing going on where we have power to the people and people want to overthrow the whole monarchy now at this point. And I guess that's kind of an interesting direction for it to go. But when we've been playing the game of Thrones for five seasons now, it sort of is a little bit annoying to have this sort of upset the whole apple cart of like, maybe there should be no throne. There should be power to the people.
1: Yeah, it's hard, right? Because we see Danny across uh, the narrow sea there uh, and everything that's going on in Essos and in, in Marine. And, we see her ruling for the people misha misha and all that and we see how quickly that goes south as well so i'm not sure that i'm not sure that there's really a, a, the right way to do this but we've seen it happen in, in kind of any number of ways whether you're being the ruler of the people or not and it doesn't seem to be working for anyone and we see it happening with john snow as well you try to be a man of the people and you try to make the decision that's right for the largest group and alistair thorn is there at the wall just trash talking john snow as he's walking out the door trying to do that. So I I think that a a lot of these people who are in positions of power are struggling with trying to rule the many uh, at the expense of the few or or vice versa. And that seems to be a story that's playing out across the system. As with regard to King's Landing, I I don't exactly know how that's going to play out, but we know the Lannisters are broke. We know Cersei said Uncle Kevin is a coward. We know Cersei or someone sent Jaime away and he's down in dorm doing God knows what. So, I, I don't know how Cersei gets out of this or, or what's next. It certainly doesn't, uh, she doesn't really have a lot of friends at this point. So, we'll, we'll see really where this plays out.
0: Okay. A lot to do tonight for the Queen of Thorns. Lady Elena has a, a lot going on. She ends up having a conversation with the high sparrow and she has a really good scene uh with him and ultimately he tells her there's nothing he could do for her and then she ultimately will end up with Littlefinger talking about how they work together to kill joffrey and that they are in this together and so is it Littlefinger that gives her the idea to set all this in motion or does this stuff just happen organically
1: it seems like it's Littlefinger, right? She she has that conversation with the High Sparrow that you're that you've talked about, where he basically says, "Have you sown the seeds? Have you reaped anything? Um, what about all these things that are going on? The, you know, you are the few, and we are the many. Uh, and when the many stop fearing the few, and then he kind of trails off, and then she goes outside and gets the scroll with Littlefinger's Mockingbird on it. And yeah. so then she goes to meet Littlefinger in his his burnt out brothel, uh, which is never a good place to meet anyone, by the way, in a burnt out brothel. So I hear. But, uh, but he she shows up there. He's looking through his little peephole, his like little peep, his like what do you call that? Like a little, I don't know what you would call that. But uh, I'm just fishing for a hashtag, really. But uh, yeah, let's but yeah, let's
0: leave of- the uh, holes in the wall at Littlefinger's establishment out of this, Antonio. All
1: right, and I'll leave. Uh, yeah, got it. Perfect. So he's looking out. He she shows up. They have this conversation, and he says, "I'll give you the same thing I gave her, which is a young, handsome boy." And I don't know. Did it was, do you, do you know exactly what he's referencing there? When he says that I gave this to Cersei, did he, did he provide her with the, with, with the squire that set up Loris? Is that what we're meant to draw the the bow around there?
0: Well, Antonio, tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. Is, is the guy that was with uh, Loras Tyrell, is that the same guy that works at little fingers? Or those two different guys? I
1: I think they're two. Well, that's a good question. I think they're two different guys.
0: Because if they're the same guy, then it would make sense what he says. But I I don't know. Tell us in the chat room
1: on that. Yeah, tell us in the chat room. I was just pulling the chat room up. But yeah, I'm not sure. There's a blonde guy that works at Littlefinger's brothel. There's no doubt about that. He's the guy that said all along, this is Littlefinger's establishment. And You'll that guy that. was
0: also in bed with uh, the Red Viper, and so That's exactly what I was going to say. It yep. seems weird that there would be two guys who look almost exactly alike, who are both gay and both like running around with all these different, um, you know, esteemed men of Westeros. Well, and at
1: some point, that that guy, who I think it must be the same guy, but that that guy was set up to be Loras's squire, the guy who turned on him. That's where the relationship came in. So he was Padrick to Loris's, uh lady, lady, you know, Brienne. So yeah,
0: I don't okay. know exactly. Chat room is yeah, confirming so Oliver is the same guy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and then there's the Ollie at the wall. So there's just too many people. Ollie <laughs> Oliver. Too many Olivers. Jason Burning, 100% guy, same guy. Tom the Plank, same guy. Same guy, Oliver, Josh Lehmer. Yeah, so that's the guy. So Littlefinger is essentially, I, I don't know if he has, what I'm trying to figure out is, is the show suggesting, because I, I didn't understand this. Cersei sends Littlefinger this urgent message, right? Come right. back to King's Landing. They have this conversation last week, and Littlefinger tell, tells Cersei, "Like, uh, yeah, I'll fight for you." That's what she asks him. Will you? Will you fight? The, will the Lords of the Vale fight if the armies come and invade Westeros? And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do that." And then he tells her on his own about Sansa. This week, Littlefinger references that meeting when he says he came back to King's Landing it was because he had a piece of information to give Cersei that she wanted. And so I don't know um, where all that comes together. Did I'm just trying to figure out Littlefinger here because a lot of people are criticizing Littlefinger for setting up Sansa with Ramsey and having a blind spot there with his blind spot. Uh, and, I, and, and I think that there's a much bigger plan in play here. I think he might be playing both sides against each other. here.
0: Okay. So do you feel like, and we touched on this on the voicemail show this past week, where Littlefinger has set up Loras Tyrell with Oliver and then Oliver ratted him out to the High Sparrow because this was all part of a plan that was in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that Littlefinger pulled the trigger on that one. Like, I think that that's what we're meant to suggest with this week's episode is that Littlefinger came back. Once he comes back to King's Landing, that trigger is pulled uh, that Loris is then is then. Set up by that witness, that particular witness who was Littlefinger's man uh, through and through. Uh, and then Littlefinger pulls the trigger again this week and sets up Cersei.
0: Okay. So then we have the whole thing with the Loras, with, with um, Lance Lannister. And why did they need Littlefinger or Lady Elena to... Are we supposed to believe that they went to the High Sparrow and were like, all right, well, if you think that what, what Loras Tyrell did was bad... That you need to talk to your own guy, Lancel Lannister, because he knows some stuff about the Queen. Like, didn't the High Sparrow already know this? And was he just being coy with Cersei the whole time?
1: See, I think that's a really good question. And I think that's why I'm trying to figure out what Littlefinger's role in all this is. Because here's one scenario that Lancel Lannister, as part of his coming to the faith, does unburden himself of all these secrets, like let's say under some sort of confessional seal. He tells the High Sparrow all of it. He lets him know, this is what I did. I set this up. We did this. We did that. High Sparrow keeps that under wraps. He's not necessarily interested in going against Cersei. But then when a third party comes in and says, I have it on good authority that this happened and you need to look into this, then he has to act, right? Like Then somebody else is pushing him from the outside and he's got to step forward. I think that's a very believable possibility that would have happened here. And that's why I think the High Sparrow's motives are actually a little more interesting uh, than, than than not, is because, I don't know, he's playing it fairly close to the vest. If he did know this all along, why is he only just now bringing this into play with Cersei? I think that's a very fair question. And it could be that he was just going to be happy to sit on that and wait to use that piece of information until somebody pressed him on it. But maybe, maybe the High Sparrow is working for someone like Littlefinger all along. Like, that. that's the other possibility, right? That he is a puppet and someone is controlling his strings.
0: Well, that would be quite a left turn if that was the case.
1: Yeah, it certainly would. And I don't know that we've got any sense of that, but no. I don't know that we have any sense of who the high sparrow or high Septon is period. So I, I think that there's, there's
0: a lot of questions to be answered there for sure. All right, Antonio, anything else from the King's landing stuff that you want to touch on? Um, whether it's uh, angry, Tommen so. or Mar- or Marjorie in the jail cell, um, yeah. Let's go up no, to not nothing really. Let's go up to Winterfell because I want to talk about this and I have a big question that I want to ask you from watching the episode tonight. So we saw Sansa, and I know you're very upset about Sansa, so I don't want to um dwell on this too much, but Theon comes in and she says, uh, you're not Reek, you're Theon. You need to go light the candle in the North Tower and let them know so people come to save me. And so Theon goes up there and he ends up running into Ramsey Bolton. Antonio, did Theon go and narc out Sansa and had no intention to ever light the candle? Or did he go to go light the candle and then got stopped by Ramsey and then just blurted out the whole plan because he was afraid of getting in trouble? Like, was Theon planning on helping sansa or was he narking her out the whole time
1: i think he was narking her out the whole time i think that the way that scene was was edited and shot it was a very clever way to make you think that theon was going up into the old broken tower but he was actually going into the tower where ramsey was so ramsey just happens to
0: also be in a different tower that's that's almost the same as the tower that he was going to go in to go put the candle that's very convenient
1: I think that's what it is. I think that that's where Ramsey lives. He lives in a the tower there at Winterfell. They have several of them. Uh, and Ramsey, of course, would occupy a, a place of honor for certain because it's, you know, he's basically second in command there. And so he's he's in his tower. It's the way it's edited and shot, you walk out the door, you see kind of Reek looking at the old broken tower, and you oh, is he gonna go up there? And he's holding the candle in his hand. And then you kind of see him walk across the courtyard, you see him walking up steps. You open the door and Ramsay's sitting there eating. And he's like, hello, Rick. You know, I really don't think that that, was, uh, that that was an accidental thing. I think that was Ramsay's. That's where Ramsay lives. Those were his
0: chambers. Could there be a worse plan to alert the people that need to help Sansa of put a candle in the window during a horrific storm that is coming across the north where snow is literally blowing in every single window in Winterfell? How fast would that candle go out, Antonio?
1: I think it would go out very quickly. You need like a, you know, you certainly would need like five thousand candles, now, <laughs>
0: you know, for sure. It's a uh, really terrible uh, yeah. plan.
1: It's really bad. I mean, I guess you could have worse, right? Like, uh, use uh, white confetti and uh, blow a signal with white confetti up in the air. Just use this white confetti bomb uh, or hang a white sheet out the uh, out the low. White sheet that would door.
0: be yeah, that would be a good plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's just, these are not, none of these are good. Burn down Winterfell. And if you, if you want to light a fire so we can see it from a distance, you, you have experience with this, right? Reek burn down Winterfell, and then we'll know something is wrong. So we'll come. Yeah. Those are worse. I think
0: That's right. Those would all be better plans. And so we end up with the woman who, what was the name of that woman that ended up getting uh with her for getting flayed?
1: I don't remember what that woman's name was. Yeah. Uh, How'd
0: they know it she, was her. It's just, that's a
1: very good question. Type that same thing in my notes. I don't know. Uh, I think that he must have deduced that, that Sansa's only come into contact with very few people uh, in, her, in her room, and so that he must have deduced if anyone was loyal to her and was going to introduce a plan to her, then it had to have been Old Man or whoever that old lady was. I know it's not Old Man. That's a character from the books. But, um, but yeah, whoever it was, uh, it, that poor lady, that poor woman, Rob.
0: I know. I know. It's terrible. And so we end up then seeing some of the stuff after Ramsay tells Sansa that like, oh, this storm, this is good for us because you know Stannis is out there; he's gonna have a hard time getting here. And we see what's going on with Stannis, and we see Davos is saying like, Stannis, maybe let's not do this. This is a bad idea. He's like, No, no, we're we're doing it. We're we're gonna we're doing it live. Let's go. And (laughs) (laughs) Melisandre is like, Oh, come on, we got this. Stannis is having some doubts. Yeah. And I can't say I blame him. This is not a
1: North. This is not a Northern man through and through. Uh, and there you see the Northern people like they're tough, like Ramsey's saying, like, we can take this. And what's Sansa doing? She's out there on the ramparts. She swiped some kind of corkscrew or something. Did you catch that?
0: Yeah, she like took some sort of object. I thought, is she going to stab Ramsey with this? What is she doing with that? Yeah, that's
1: Chekhov's uh, all or whatever you want to call it. Like that was something that was laying around out there that that's she picked right. Up. So that's right. These people are tough. These people are tough. They they can be resilient and they can respond. Uh Stannis, on the other hand, maybe not so tough. He's a little wet around the gill green around the gills when it comes to being up north during the snow. But he's nothing if not stubborn. He is as stubborn as they come. So yeah, the uh the Red Queen, she's you know, Stannis says we'll do it live. She doesn't want to be on Red Fox News. She says, Let's go. And uh Red take Fox daughter. News.
0: What is that? Like uh yeah. like dirty uh, like jokes and stuff in comedy?
1: Yeah like sanford and son you know it's a plantation based i used to have that as the ringer on uh, the 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 ring the the ring back on my phone when ring backs were a thing Uh, (laughs) i had the sanford and son theme uh so you would call me up and you would hear doo 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 and i was i was really proud of that that was like a high (laughs) moment of my life but uh for now i i what did you think about the red queen uh she's she's really after a little shereen what does she want to do here yeah what's going on i don't know she doesn't want to just use leeches. Apparently, Stannis would be okay with
0: that. But well, what does it she want? She wants like to sacrifice leech. Shireen.
1: I—that's certainly what it sounded
0: like to me. Well, that's not good. No, that's <laughs> not good. We Shireen is our hero. <laughs> why we're did Shireen. they? Why were they able to just use leeches on Gendry, and now they want to do something worse with Shireen?
1: Well, what did so? She so she took the leeches from Gendry and she threw them in the fire, and she said, "This leech is Joffrey Baratheon." This leech is Rob Stark. This leech is somebody else. I, I believe I
0: it was Walder Frey. Was it? I want to say it was. Well, Walder Frey still lives. Yeah. So. so I don't know. I don't even know what the, what she did. Are we supposed to believe that she killed Rob, Rob Stark?
1: Yeah, I think the suggestion would be that she was cursing all of these pretenders to Stannis's kind of uh, that the people that were in his way, uh, mm. and she. Use Gendry's blood to kind of push that through, and Lord knows, good luck. There's an APB on Gendry right now. If you can find him,
0: yeah. If you can find Gendry, yeah. So, <laughs> because, I don't know, uh, I think
1: one of his paddles probably broke, and he's just been paddling around in a circle for like the last three seasons because he only has one now,
0: yeah. So, I don't know what she wants to do with Shireen, but uh, we have Stanis says, No, no way, not gonna do it,
1: yeah. And I mean, th- Look, we already know from this season, Stannis is the best father in all of Westeros. We we established that earlier, so that's nice. And he really does care about Princess Shireen. Her whole face, by the way, is a cootie spot.
0: (laughs) No, not, not anymore, though, right?
1: Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess it's just the remnants of uh, Cootie Spot. So Cootie remnants.
0: Okay. So Stannis has a decision to make. Uh, he's really stuck in no man's land and figuring out what to do. Meanwhile, up at the wall, we ended up seeing John leaving. He's going to go on this mission with Tormund Giantsbane. And I think we're going to see more on that next week. Uh, we had some sad news. A uh, not-so-fun fact. Maester Eamon is gone.
1: Yeah, and apparently when you're dying, the... One of the things that's common is to shout out the word "egg" several times. Egg, egg. If you ever, if you ever, if you ever stumbled upon me, Rob, and I'm just laying down and shouting "egg," please call the the authorities and the medics as soon as possible. I, I, Antonio, I thought you wanted breakfast. <laughs> here, look, I hear. Look, I brought you Denny's grand slam. Double
0: <laughs> eggs for sure, we, right in here. Yeah, it's for free. It was your damn birthday, but no, it was, uh, my damn birthday. It was your. <laughs> so he's uh, calling out to uh, his brother the Mad King, and so uh, his watch has ended, and so uh, sad to see Maester Eamon go. Uh, Maester Eamon, uh, top 30 Game of Thrones character or not?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I, I'd say I'd say right around the fringes of top 30, right? Like, I'd say he's, look, he, he's fascinating for being a Targaryen. Uh, yes. And for being part of that line uh, that, that puts him in, in contact with Aerys Targaryen, that puts him in contact with Rhaegar, Targaryen, um, you know, the Macking heiress, and Rhaegar, the, the son, and, and all of these people, and Aegon, all of these people were his siblings. So he's a really weird and interesting connection to that bloodline. Apparently, not every Targaryen is fireproof, though.
0: Mm, that's fair that's fair to say
1: yeah because i mean you know his, his watch has ended so maybe when you're dead you can be
0: burned yeah i think so can you believe that we are seven episodes into the season uh without a death of a top 20 character in game of thrones
1: it is hard to believe uh and and in was is this correct me if i'm wrong is this the first ever natural death on game of thrones <laughs> oh are we counting people freezing to death I, I, it's a good. I don't know. It's a good question. I guess I don't think so. I think
0: yeah. We don't see many cost. people dying of old age on Game of Thrones.
1: No, this is I think this may well <laughs> this be the first one.
0: This is a first. So congratulations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so then uh, we have all the stuff that goes on with Sam, and yeah. So first off, Sam gets his butt kicked by a couple of guys that wanted to uh, grab Gilly. Uh, they bring up a good question. Is Gilly just attractive because she's the only person here or because uh, she's attractive?
1: Are you saying is she Castle Black hot? <laughs> is that the question? She, she's a Castle she Black 10.
0: Okay. Yes, uh, the yes. question is, is she a King's Landing what?
1: She's probably a King's Landing 4 or 5, right? Is that what we're going for <laughs> here? I mean, she's a, she's a Castle Black 10. There's no question about that, but I don't think I think she might be a King's Landing four or five, but I I like her personality. She's a very nice she's a very nice woman. Very nice. Look, she, she she's been through a lot. Like there's there's few people who've been through more on the show than Gilly, and I don't think we think about that. But uh, tonight uh, when that was all going down, man, Sam can take a punch. By the way, Woof.
0: oh yeah, yeah, he really took it. You want George McFly on? I was. I was going to say. I my notes. <laughs> hey, you get your damn hands off her. <laughs>
1: yes. His, the, his density has popped him to her. He's ready to do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, so congratulations to uh, George McFly. Because George McFly was craving also, Antonio, if you remember. He was. Yeah, and then he turned the corner and look what happened. Yeah, he was just afraid of rejection. He was just afraid. He couldn't let anybody read his books, and he would read and write like Sam, too.
1: Yeah, well, but then last night, Darth Vader came down from the planet Vulcan. So... Maybe something happened with Sam. Sam just kind of got read that science fiction, got a little, got a little confident uh, somebody maybe whispered something in his ear. He stood up to those bullies. He stood up to those guys. And, Interesting.
0: Uh, so concerned. do you think that Jon Snow, there's so much talk about who's Jon Snow's mother? Nobody knows. Nobody knows where Jon Snow is from. So yeah, how about this? So Gilly and Sam, uh, they have a son. And then in the future, he travels back in time to the start of game of thrones and that's and john snow is basically the marty mcfly character who is the son of gilly and sam you're blowing my mind right now rob so sam jr is actually john snow you're blowing my mind right now and he's that's get, why when he's, maester, dying, he's
1: gonna set the living room on fire
0: yeah that's why maester amon says you got to get him out of here so he's got to grow up to be john snow so he could grow up to be the lord commander of the night's watch and then you know, Sam was always craven and then he, he, you know, was able to cure him. He changed the whole timeline.
1: Yeah, and that's why Ghost came out. I mean, that's <laughs> the connection to Ghost. Ghost was lurking there in the wings. It's not. It's like it's like a it's like a DeLorean. He's there, <laughs> ready when he needs to be. This is Jon
0: Snow's working it out. Yeah. So how about this? So Sam. He gives up his vows. I'm surprised that this isn't a bigger deal with, you know, you, you have all oh, this whole thing at the Night's Watch where you, you can take no wife and you have to be celibate. But yet they just let Gilly hang out. I mean, what the hell did they think was going to happen?
1: Well, if you'll recall, Sam was the one who was looking for loopholes in that policy, uh, you know, last season. He was saying, well, actually, you don't have to do that. You know, so he was looking it up and he was interested in those loopholes for for a while. And uh, numbers loophole. It's numbers loophole. He, he finally found his way uh, through. And, and look, this is this is a nice change of pace for Game of Thrones. This is this is someone decided that they were going to willfully engage in sexual intercourse. And so a good on you, Game of Thrones, for letting that happen.
0: Yeah, boy. And yeah, I, I would have liked to have. <laughs> I feel like that they got out of that scene probably right about three seconds before it was going to be over.
1: Yeah, I. I think the timing on that's about right.
0: Yeah, the I think they. I think they did awesome. Sam a favor there by uh, getting out, getting out of there before things got uh, embarrassing for Sam. I, I think they did us all a favor.
1: <laughs> <for> <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I didn't need to see that. I don't need to see the Sam Tardio face like I'm not signed up for. Uh, it's it'd be horrific in the swing in the other direction for Game of Thrones. That's not something that I'm interested in. Although next time Josh shows up, I'd be happy to see him uh, discuss how that would play out.
0: Okay, yeah, and we could go in a lot of different directions there, but uh, we'll just leave leave it at that. Okay, uh, where do you want to go next? You want, let's go to let's go to Dorne, and so much going on uh, in Dorne. First off, we want to start off with uh, Jamie and Marcella.
1: Yeah, uh, you don't know any. You don't know anything about me," she says. "That's pretty. That's pretty tough." She doesn't know much about who her father is either. I don't think.
0: Yeah, you're not my dad. Like, yeah, ah, well, actually,
1: yeah, 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 kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had I had more hair last time you saw me, and another hand. Don't, yeah, more don't, hair and more, and
0: more hands.
1: hands. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> don't break your back uh, asking me how my lack of hand is doing, uh, Marcella, you caring daughter. Yeah, that's pretty rough. But I got to tell you. Jamie, that's a pretty nice prison cell. Am I right?
0: Yeah. Is he in a prison cell? It looked like sort of like a conference room.
1: He's in some kind of bed. Like, like I don't know. It's like an extended, like, it's it's like a suite, like an extended stay hotel. Like, he's, it's he's very a, nice. on a businessman's, like, week trip. He's got a little half a fridge in there, maybe. But uh, it did have some kind of, like, a metal door. So, I assumed it was, like, a really nice cell, uh, I, as opposed to Braun. Although, there's... Something to be said for Bron's uh, yes. accoutrements as well.
0: Let's go, go there. Okay, so Bron is down there in the jail cell. So are the sand snakes. Now, Antonio, Josh and I talked uh, a bit on the refeedback feedback show about how one of my favorite things is how the internet hates the sand snakes. And I love to see yes. memes and, and gifs of people who are really crapping on and pooping on the sand snakes and how they, they're lame and they suck. Was this a bounce-back night for the Sand Snakes, Antonio?
1: With regard to the internet, I'd say yes. <laughs> I'd say yes. There's, if there's one way to make Reddit happy, uh, it's to go wild. So, Welcome back. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, this, is, uh, this, is this, this is the Sand Snakes that we were promised. No, I, it's still, it, I mean, I'll say, and all kidding aside, it, the Sand Snakes have been a disappointment to me. They, they still remain disappointing to me. Uh, tonight was an interesting turn, that's for sure. I don't really know what to make of what happened there. Uh, what? So we we gather that Bron. I think we some people had discussed this, right? Like when he got cut, he probably got poisoned, and it seems to me that he certainly did. Uh, but then he's offered an antidote. Is that antidote just more poison? Do you think, or is that is this going to be like a cycle? Is this going to have to happen every other episode? Like Bron's like, oh, that poison, that antidote I gave you earlier. It was an antidote, but it was also a slow-acting poison. You have to go through this charade again. Here, here's another antidote. Like, at what point is this going to stop? And, and what's the sand snake's end game with Bron? Here, is it really just that they the one liked him a little bit?
0: I don't know, Antonio. Like, again, it was a fun scene, but it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Of the okay, no, they're like really they're like okay, how how like how long has this been? Like, I imagine it's been a day or two since he got cut with the sword, and you know, it's this poison where if you get one drop on your skin, you're going to die. And then he's like, they're like, how's your arm? It's like, fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. And then she shows him one boob. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, that's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, you know, don't don't take Viagra if you have a heart condition and consult your doctor if you have an or if you have a you know what and you see these sand snakes in the prison cell. And then just from that, then Bronn is dead. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I
1: think that I guess the suggestion would be that that was purposely trying to get his blood to rush uh, and his heart rate to pick up so that the poison would act more efficiently. But then she tosses him the antidote and he's fine. So I really don't understand what's happening here. But uh, he got to finish his song at least. He finally finished his song That he was promising the ending was really the key part.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, the antidote, she just happens to wear the, you know, she just happens to have the sword with the poison and then she has the antidote that just happens to be on the necklace and she throws it to him. Thank God he caught it. You know, I thought we were going to see Braun die tonight. I thought she was going to say, oh, I have the antidote right here. You want it? You want this? You want this? Like, and like throws it like back behind her. Like, I thought that would have been yeah. more interesting. Now, I just felt like that was sort of just like a, um, you know, moving deck chairs around.
1: Well, in, in a gratuitous way. I mean, we we, sh- we can't ignore the obvious. There, there were breasts in that scene. Yes. Uh, and that, so mission accomplished, if that's what the mission was, I guess. But uh, it didn't really, I mean, I, look, jury's out. We'll see. Maybe Braun can forge some sort of weird alliance with the Sand Snakes, and they'll work on the same team because this one, I mean, when she first starts doing it, the sisters there are looking at her, rolling her eyes, and like kind of basically saying, give me a break. You know, like this is ridiculous. Well,
0: but I don't. And why don't they mistaken? want Braun dead anymore?
1: I, I don't. Well, I, I at least one of them appears not to, but the other two might. so really she likes
0: him, I don't understand either. Because yeah, their their yeah. sworn mission is we hate the Lannisters. We are going to kill the Lannisters. Here's this guy who came with the Lannisters, and he's not like I hate the Lannisters too. I want to join you guys. They poisoned him, and they they give him antidote for the poison and a free shell your guess is as good as mine i mean it
1: it's it's hard to defend in the moment uh and and it's hard to defend as anything other than exactly what it seemed to be which was an excuse to show nudity but it, it could it could lead to something so i guess the jury's still out on that uh beyond what it was we'll just have to see but i don't know I'm kind of glad you speak of top 20 characters dying i'm kind of glad we didn't get uh, sir braun dead
0: in this yeah we season. like it braun. Should
1: serve. i think I think it should serve as notice that it, that it could happen for sure. I mean, we were already kind of on red alert, but uh, it, it's going to be hard to see him getting out of this situation. I think Jamie can be diplomatic about it. Maybe he can negotiate for Braun, but Braun's, Braun's making his own friends and enemies here, so he's got to be very careful.
0: A lot of poison and antidote necklaces in Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and that uh, you know, you, you think when you throw somebody in a jail cell, you search them, <laughs> uh, and that apparently wasn't done, but you know, it, there, there's some good points coming up in the chat room here about this whole scene. Uh, and that Tom, Tom DePlanck, for example, says uh, something th- that Bronze Allegiance can be bought. And that's something that's kind of been discussed a little bit on the feedback shows uh, and on, on the main shows here on Post Show Recaps is that Braun is a sellsword. Uh, he, was, he was already in a position. Jamie bought him to come there. You'll remember a couple of episodes ago where Bron is talking about the sea captain getting paid and, and what's in it for Bron has been a question that uh, I think we could ask ourselves. So I don't think that Bron would turn on Jamie, but there's always the possibility there. Uh, and if there's one thing I know that Bron really likes, it's a Dornish woman. He said it multiple times. Yes. So uh, we, we, we had the fighting. Uh, and so I, I think Bronn should be very careful. And if I'm Jamie, I want to get Bronn in a different cell. For
0: sure. Wait, are we what shipping Bronn oh, in the sands? <laughs> yeah, well, Dorne is everything that's, it, they do it differently there. So are we shipping Bron and one of the sand snakes? Uh, yeah, it's too bad.
1: We don't know her name. Is this Pim? Is this, so oh, this is, this is an Obara. So I can't remember what the third one name is on the show. They, there were more sand snakes in the books and they've written a lot of them out. So um, yeah, I don't know. What, what would that be? What would we call it? Like Bron snake. <laughs> Sandon Sambron.
0: San sure. Sure. Bron? Yeah. I got nothing. Okay. So also tonight we had a lot of stuff going on in Marine and we had uh all of the hijinks at the auction.
1: Yeah, that's uh yeah, the the all but in name only slavery auction. Like <laughs> that is absolutely slavery that's still happening. Let's not joke about this. I mean, all that was missing was people checking people's teeth, like oh, and then the guy at the end said, like, Oh, here's your wages and throws him one coin. Like we're making a big joke out of Danny ending slavery. Do you think Danny knows that this, this sort of thing is going on? No, I don't think Danny knows anything that's going on. I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. She's oh. just too busy. She's too busy with Dario. She's too busy. She's yeah. too busy with Dario.
0: So what do you think of 20 gold honors for Sir Jora? That was actually pretty
1: funny. I got a good laugh out of that. The The story of taking down a Dothraki rider became killing Caldrogo like the, the 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 kind of all, all of the embellishments that were made on sir jora's career i got a i got a pretty good laugh out of that for sure i don't know
0: i think that that guy better have saved his receipt i don't know if there's a lemon law in marine but he just spent 20 gold honors on some dude with grayscale
1: that is true although the dude with grayscale went almost full maximus in the <laughs> in the little uh, gladiator pit there when he stormed out and basically just took everybody down and won the crowd so he may have some value uh, as a fighter in the short, in the near term here, even with the cootie spot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. What did you think when Tyrion beat up the guy at the auction?
1: I thought that that was pretty sweet. I mean, this is <laughs> I, Tyrion has had not he's had just such horrible circumstances, but he's done some great stuff with it. Uh, whether it's kind of pleading for his life last week and talking about negotiating about where to cut his penis off like the you have to do it in the presence of a merchant don't do it right now that's a conversation i don't think any of us ever want to have uh to you know this week kind of just stomping the crap out of that guy beating him with a chain yeah uh, and then basically saying yeah he's funny like good for Tyrion. like this is a guy who uh who's proving to to be worth his metal for sure he's not just a, a, a he, you know he's not just a brain or a drunk uh, he's really proving his way out and he he takes action here at the gladiator pit as well.
0: Yeah. He's gone from being one of the most powerful people in, in one of the richest families in the world. to now he's sort of like the wee man of a bunch of these fighting guys that hang out.
1: Yeah. I was looking for like, yeah, Johnny Knoxville and Preston Lacey and all these Chris Pontius, like (laughs) this is a, this is like, he's just there for laughs. laughs. Yeah. Yeah. This is what he's, this is what he's here to do. Like this is, I hope that's not the case. Tyrion deserves better than that.
0: Okay, so ultimately, they get to the fighting pit and uh, Danny has to watch everything that's going on with her new husband, who's really just you know, friends with without benefits.
1: Yeah, this his dork, is that his name? Like this guy is just a he's just a tool. like <laughs> he he really is. And I Dario's feigned jealousy of him and all that discussion, the pillow talk that's going on about him there. This guy presents very little threat. Uh, it is clearly a political marriage, and uh, and Danny does not. She's going to find herself, I think, outside her comfort zone with some of the things that he wants her to do politically speaking. Like he, she's, he's, she's trying to play the good wife. He's putting her in a very a spot that she doesn't want to be in uh, and doesn't want to see all these things. And I think this is uh, this is tough for her because uh, this guy every time he shows up. He's asking. He's asking her to do another thing that she doesn't. That she's not at all comfortable with. And this is who she's marrying. So this is. This is not going to end well. I don't
0: think. What do you think of Dario's plan? Of okay, gather all the masters and then slaughter them all because all rulers are either butchers or meat.
1: I like that. I mean, I did like that line. Uh, and I don't know. That's very. Uh, that's a very mafia way to do things, right? I like, it's a very. I don't know. It's like maybe on her wedding day uh, to hisdar uh then you know she can secretly carry out this plan to kill a bunch of people uh, it would be a very godfather-esque thing for her to do that so i don't i like that plan i like that plan maybe she could uh, get them all into one like the fighting pits and then just loose the two dragons on the fighting pits and just burn everyone in attendance and then just walk away through the flames drop a mic like she did that one time
0: mm-hmm. and ask the boar
1: yeah that yeah the slave whip yeah that would be awesome
0: that was good. Okay, so we have the, the whole thing at the fighting pits and then Sir Jorah emerges and then she doesn't want to see him, but then she says, I have a gift for you. And that gift is Tyrion Lannister. Why is Ser... Well, I'm sorry, why is Daenerys so excited about a gift of Tyrion Lannister?
1: I think it just is... A, it, it, it opens up a lot of doors, right? It opens up a lot of opportunities and avenues. Well, uh, we know
0: that i i feel like that's sort of like you, you know you're at some like horrible like uh, secret santa and you're like oh what did i get like i got you Tyrion lannister and you're like oh Tyrion lannister thank you
1: yeah what is that <laughs> what am i supposed to do with this is there
0: a is there a ah. gift receipt did you gift receipt tyrian lannister for me <laughs>
1: Yeah, what can I exchange him for? What does, What's his market value? Is, is there 20, a Yankee 20, 20 swap? Waters?
0: Could I switch with
1: another person's gift? I would really like that iPod. <laughs> it would change the way I worked out. <laughs> is there something I can do here? No, I don't know. Uh, I, I look, Listen, the best thing about Tyrion showing up, and maybe this is what's on Danny's face, I don't know, is that he gets her thinking about Westeros again. She has been, and you've talked about this, she's basically set up shop and marine like, I live here now, this is what I do. This is where I'm going to live. I'm going to make a political marriage in Marine. Like that this is not where Daenerys Stormborn needs to be. Like this is not what her goal was. Viserys would have left Marine like 3 seasons ago. Of course Viserys died in season 1 because he was too anxious. But she doesn't need to be so focused on Marine right now. It's sort of crazy that she is and she's decided to basically just stay there. So Tyrion showing up may just remind her, oh, yeah, Westeros. Like, oh, man, I haven't been thinking about that at all. Like, oh, wait a minute. This could be really good for me. Like, he is. There's a major piece that, that could be in play here. Uh, Lord knows she hates Robert Baratheon uh, and the Lannister family with him. Uh, and so this is an interesting... He, he Maybe she just thinks he can be used for ransom and doesn't realize how far on the outs he is. I mean, maybe she thinks that that's the main thing, but I, I don't know. She seems excited, that's for sure.
0: Okay. Antonio, anything else from this episode before we jump into some of the questions?
1: I uh, I don't know. I just I really do feel bad that Josh missed out on the Sam stuff. <laughs> it's really really too bad. Um, what did you think about Sam giving John the Dragon Glass? Do you think that that's uh, Chekhov's Dragon Glass? Are we going oh, sure. to oh for sure
0: for sure yeah yeah definitely. Yeah.
1: So I I think that that's uh, I think that's the case and. I guess we'll get into the questions here. So I don't, I don't want to, there's, there's only one other thing I would want to talk about, but I think we'll come up.
0: in the. Questions. Okay. And I'm going to be doing the voicemail show with Josh uh, this week. We're going to be recording it Tuesday night. So uh, we will be getting Josh's official comments on Sam's big night. Okay. Let's take our first question here. Antonio will Northrup wants to know uh checkoffs corkscrew or whatever that was that Santa grabbed.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of mentioned that I, we cannot ignore that. She's got, some kind of shiv or awl or corkscrew or whatever that was, uh, that she found lying around there I, at first. Look, I, I have like Ramsey Bolton PTSD at this point. Right. So I just assumed that he left that lying out there so that he can take it away from her later and snatch it away right when she thought she could use it on him. Like that's still what my thinking is that he knew she took it, that he was wanting her to take it and it's going to come back to haunt her, but maybe it'll be good for good. Uh, uh, Lord knows she could use some redemption there.
0: Yeah. All right, Antonio, give us this question from Jason.
1: Yeah, this question uh, is from Jason Darth Zeroni, Jason Burning, and Jason wants to say, "Well, Ghost had some rather convenient timing. #Hashtag Bran #Hashtag Game of Thrones. So, do you think do you think that was Bran? That we haven't seen Bran any of this season, but is it possible that there was a there was a war going on there, and that was Bran in, in Ghost?
0: Mm, I hadn't thought of that. I feel like it was just you know." Ghost herds and stuff going on. I don't think that Bran was involved.
1: I don't think so either. But I I do think that we should we should not forget that people do have the ability to to warg and changeling kind of stuff into animals and in this in this story because uh, you know you never know when an animal shows up. Is it really an animal or is there something else in play there? And I don't know what the heck Bran's been getting into, but it it would be interesting if Bran popped up in this season or one in a different form than I think we would normally expect Cause it, Lord knows if he pops up in physical form, he'll be 12 feet tall.
0: Is it true that Bran warged into uh, Sam right when uh, Gilly got him upstairs?
1: Oh my, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, (laughs) It's it's possible.
0: What happens to the person? Like when, when you, like when, when Bran warged into Hodor, where did Hodor go? Did Hodor go into Bran's head? I, that's a good question. I like, cause on Quantum have, Leap, they used to have like a separate like holding room. They have to put the person in.
1: That, so maybe that's what happens. Is that uh, is that Hodor Hodor's ho- holding room like that? That Hodor's holding room is where they go and they're just kind of chilling out there, uh, waiting for you know Brand to pop back in uh, and say it's time to go back to your body. So maybe that's what happened. But I I think that was full Samwell. I think that was all Samwell
0: tonight for sure. Okay, all right. This is from uh, Caitlin Hepburn who wants to know. For which should I be angrier with Theon, butchering my two boys or failing to help Sansa twice now?
1: Yeah, uh, this is a really good question. And this is actually the other thing I wanted to talk about. Do you feel like we're any closer? Let's assume for a moment that what we saw from Theon was that he actually walked to Ramsay, that, that Ramsay wasn't just set up in the broken tower, uh, that Ramsay was actually that was his living quarters. And Theon took the candle right to him and told him exactly what happened. Just like we saw a couple episodes ago where Theon told about uh, Sansa walking into the stable or to the, to the kennels. So is Theon any closer at all to, to kind of turning on Sansa? There was a lot of criticism of last week's episode aimed at the fact that the end of the episode was really focused on Theon and Theon watching this happen and that that was probably a way of saying this is going to move Theon in a certain direction. But I think this week's episode walked that back in a certain respect. He's there telling Sansa, I'm Theon Greyjoy, I'm Theon Greyjoy. Uh, I'm not Theon Greyjoy, I'm Reek, I'm Reek, I'm Reek. And, and then he he goes and, and his, he narks her out. So are we any closer with Theon? Uh, in, no. Catelyn's question kind of plays into. I don't think so either. There
0: is no Theon, not, only Reek.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's right. Only Reek. I think that's right. You're, we're dating a dog. This is brutal. <laughs> this is brutal. He just is... Uh, I. This is the thing. I think that the show the show is, is not suggesting that he's ready to break. He seems to be still loyal to Ramsey. And I just don't know what it's going to take to break him if what he's seen and experienced so far hasn't broken him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh what about this All question right, from Dave? This yes, from Dave.
1: Yeah. Dave asks, So is there karma in Westeros?
0: What do you think, Antonio?
1: Well, Cersei certainly seemed to feel uh, Maxwell's silver hammer tonight of, uh, you know, right down on her head. Uh, I'm not saying that was instant karma, but uh, she definitely, I think, felt uh, felt some karma for sure. Uh, and I, like I said, the most interesting thing to me about that story, and we're not really in book territory here, by the way, uh, the most interesting thing about that story is, uh, is where, you know, where was that originated? What's really going on with the High Septon? Is he being played by somebody what are his motives like what's really in play there uh and i think that that's that's is it karma or is or is there there something else going on here i think we'll just have to wait and see
0: okay Uh, i think there is karma in the game of thrones world
1: let's hope so because we haven't seen much of it so far have we
0: yeah but hey still joffrey got some joffrey got some still two more books to go right
1: yeah still two more books to go but uh we, we haven't, uh, we, we're, 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 I guess we're just going to see this season what happens with Cersei because maybe there will be some karma for her actions. Uh, tonight, the High Septon mentioned the punishment for the crimes that, uh, that Loris and that Marjorie were, were guilty of. If, if they pled guilty before their crime, he said, uh, then they would throw themselves at the mercy of the mother. And then depending on the crime, uh, the punishment could be uh, one thing or another. So maybe we're going to see a Cersei confession. I think it opens the door for that because she was already asking about that this episode when we found out that the, the confession might soften the penalty. So maybe we'll see that for her. You have talked about on this show a lot, Rob. Josh speculated that this might be the season where we start to like Cersei. I'm assuming tonight didn't move the needle at all in that respect.
0: There was one scene where she was likable with her with Tom, and when she talks about how she loves him so much and she would burn cities for him. Uh, my boy, my only boy. So I felt like she was likable in that scene.
1: Yeah. But then I, I still think we were, I, I at least was cheering when she was getting her comments
0: So <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: Whether or not, yeah, whether or not she's, she's turned the corner a little bit with regard to Tommen, at least uh, I'm still ready to see her get punished uh, and, and burn for her sins for sure. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. So punitive yeah, Antonio. Okay. Uh, Sarah Blackfire wants to know, definitely enjoyed this episode. Probably my favorite so far this season, but one question why have Reek be so traumatized by last week's scene if he's just going to sell Sansa out to Ramsay? That's what you're talking about, Antonio.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a very good point, Sarah Blackfire. And if you want my honest opinion, un- unfettered and unvarnished, I just think that they couldn't think of another way to end the episode last week. And so they chose the 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 probably more uh, tasteful way to, in a very unsavory scene uh, to end on, on Theon's face rather than have all that suffering play out on screen. Uh, and I think by having that play out on Theon's face, they did that. But the inconvenient part of that is when, when he just goes right back to Ramsay this week, you don't really get any mileage out of that. So what you've done is you've taken that away uh, from personalized, you know, you've taken that personalized action away from Sansa, you've applied it to Theon, and then nothing's happened with Theon. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that this will be redeemed. We'll see where it goes.
0: Okay. What about Doom Tribe, Antonio?
1: <laughs> seems like a very popular topic tonight. Doom Tribe says, do you think the show has gone too far with the rape storylines with the attempt on Gilly one week after poor Sansa? I was thinking that tonight. Um, okay. But I, I also I also remembered what Gilly's upbringing was uh, and where she was with Craster. Uh, and I realized kind of anything that she experienced in that moment uh, was probably going to be very similar, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not as bad as what happened to her at Craster's. Uh, in that, and so I don't know. I'm glad it didn't happen for for sure. I'm glad it didn't happen. And I was very worried that it was going to. And I was very worried this show was going to be in a, in a very bad spot one week later. Um, but thankfully, they dialed it back. Did Gilly have the baby at that point? I'm not sure if Is there are sitting at Santa. Castle Black. Uh, oh, you mean in that room? I, yeah, there's a good question. Who's what? Did she leave the baby with uh, with? Master Eamon's corpse is he babysitting for her?
0: No, in the scene where the guys are not I'm not even talking about the sex scene. I'm talking about like when when uh, the guys were coming after her. Did she have the baby yeah. then?
1: No, I don't know where little Sam was. There must be babysitting. I mean baby, Ghost baby was ghost babysitting, was yeah.
0: Baby.
1: That's right. Yep. <laughs> ghost dad. Ghost babysitter. Yeah, ghost dad. There it is.
0: Still a better <laughs> babysitter than Bill Cosby, ironically, uh who is the oh,
1: uh yeah, yeah, I'll drink to that, that's okay. for sure.
0: All right. Uh no lies. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't drink to that if it's uh, from Bill Cosby. Okay, uh, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, no Lies wants to know uh, what happened to all muscle in King's Landing. The Gold Cloaks, the Lannister men, the King's Guard. How is the High Septon able to be such an enforcer? This is a question I've, had, I've asked Josh a couple of times of, even if Cersei armed the Faith Militant, how is the Faith Militant more you know, armed up than whatever gold cloaks or whatever they have in King's landing.
1: It's a fair question. Joffrey needs his right hand. He needs somebody, not Joffrey Tommen needs his right hand. He needs somebody to be his Braun or Sir Jamie or, uh, or, or just go through the list of people as Joffrey was looking through the books at all the people who have achieved great things on the King's guard. I couldn't tell you a, a single person on, uh, on Tommen's king's guard. I don't know if he's replaced Joffrey's king's guard. Marin Trant is in is in sailing on the way to Bravos, I think. Uh, so I don't I don't know. Cersei has sent a lot of these people away. Um Jane, Bron is gone. Uh, he left, you know, the he left King's Landing as it was already. Jamie is gone. Um and and we, we talked about Sir Barristan being run off episodes ago and that's so he's gone. Uh, and all these people have sort of been ru- very slowly but surely run away from King's Landing by Cersei and by Joffrey and by the Lannisters. And so this is sort of a monster that's a, it's of their own making. Like they've really run off a lot of people. I mean, Sir Loris would have been a great person to put on a King's Guard, even though he was promised to Cersei. He's um, allegedly a very good fighter, good knight. Could have been right there by Tom side, protecting his sister. Not happening though. So. I don't know that Tommen has any of these people that he can really, really count on, and it's it's being exposed for sure.
0: Okay, uh, this is from Spicy Bisabi Says, uh, "Who who holds the power in King's Landing now? Well, Tommen, but now, yeah. but no, we don't. Who's who's left? Kyburn. It's a good question. Yeah, Kyburn,
1: <laughs> Tommen. Like we don't have these people that are really around, and I don't know who Cersei's appeal is going to be made to. How's she going to get a raven off to Jamie? I mean, Mr. I don't. Mister I don't know. Yeah, Pycelle maybe can pop up and just kind of quibble and be weird and just uh, do some stretches and some lunges like he likes to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Maybe maybe that uh, that 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 monster that's under that sheet's going to come into play. Whatever that is, if that's Gregor or the mountain or whatever that is. Maybe that uh, maybe the monster under the sheet's going to going to come into play here somehow. I I really don't know. Um, it, it it Tommen could rage at this point. I mean, you've taken away his wife and you've taken away his mommy. And those are the two women he loves more than any in the world. Uh, but I don't know who he's going to rage to. Is is Uncle Kevin going to come back? I mean, is that is that where we're headed?
0: I like Kevin Lannister.
1: Yeah, I do too. I'd like to see Kevin come back. And that Kevin is Lancel's father. Remember, so uh, Kevin could really easily come back into play here if Lancel is going against the family and calling Cersei out. That could really bring Kevin into the fold
0: here. So now with Tom with Tom and you know Cersei's gone. Jamie's gone. Marjorie is gone. Uh that forget Kevin Lannister. He's like the Westeros version of Kevin McAllister. That he is he's af- officially. Alone. Yes. Yes. He's thrown <laughs> alone. He's thrown <laughs> now, alone. Yeah, now all, the, all these bad guys are going to try to come into the, the red keep and and try to come into the throne room. He's got it like this is my castle and I have to protect it.
1: Yeah, he's gonna like uh, he's gonna start breaking swords off of the Iron Throne and sharpening them up and sticking them in the floor. Uh, he's gonna have some kind of like paint cans. He's probably gonna get a bunch of people with grayscale to kind of just make cootie spots <laughs> all over the room so that people walk in. They've got it on their the sparrows come in with their feet. You know they don't have any shoes on. All of a sudden they got cootie spots all over their feet. Yeah, put so wildfire
0: they- on all the doorknobs as everybody tries to come in.
1: This is great. I think Throne Alone is a, is a hit. <laughs> we can definitely develop this. And if we could possibly get Joe Pesci on Game of Thrones, I would I would pay good money to see
0: that. I think we can get that. I think we can get that to happen. You
1: think we can get that? Joe Pesci, you don't think he's too busy these days?
0: No, I think we can get Joe Pesci. Okay, uh, Baslindo right. wants to know, was tonight the final nail in the coffin for Theon to ever redeem himself? I was shocked.
1: Yeah, Callan Hepburn asked a very similar question, and I think that's a, that's a question that that should be on our minds. Like I said, that was something I really wanted to hit because I don't know, um, I don't know what we can really make of this other than the fact that the the horrible things that have happened so far—the flaying of a, you know, an innocent Northern woman uh, at Theon's hands—ultimately because he spoke her name or because he sold Sansa out. Uh, Sansa getting raped, like all of these things that Theon has experienced, witnessed, been responsible for, and he still hasn't cracked. I mean, what the heck is it going to take? Like, I, I'm, I'm almost, I almost don't want to know because if the things that have happened so far aren't horrible enough, I'm worried like that what it would take to finally snap the on. Yeah. All right. How about this one, Rob, from from Purdue 099? Uh, Robert <laughs> wants to know Is Cersei a butcher or is she meat?
0: I think she thinks she's the butcher and she is the meat.
1: I think that's the right answer. Tainted meat. Right yeah. I think she's uh, she's that her 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 ability to rule is has reached its terminus.
0: Yeah, I think so. All right, let's do two more questions with Antonio. Lauren Garcia wants to know: uh, Did Gilly get help getting Sam on the bed, or does she have superhuman strength that we don't know about? LOL. BTW, Sam is a man now. You're the man now, Sam.
1: <laughs> You're the man now, Tarly. Yeah, that's uh. It this is Sam Tarly. This he. He had like a action movie hero, Bruce Willis type badass moment when he took all those punches and he stood up and McFly it like that was really awesome moment for him. I was really hoping there'd be some sweeping score come in like, like something like that. And Sam stands up and just beats the guys up. Yeah. Ghost comes out. That's fine. Sam passes out. He wakes up in the bed. I don't know how he got there, but he could have floated like a feather because, uh, He certainly was on cloud nine a few seconds later. And, and, you know, he is a man now. So he's Sam, the slayer, he's Sam, the lover, like what's next for Sam. He's, he's really just the world is his oyster.
0: Would have been a funny scene if we would have like cut to after that, like the like typical, like, uh, you know, romantic movie ending of Gilly, like walking with Sam in her arms, like carrying him upstairs. That would be great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And just like, you know, laying him down on the bed (laughs) Uh, some montage like slow cuts of like washing him down and uh patting him and waking him up. And he's like kind of coming in and out of consciousness and he sees her face over him when he wakes up. And yeah, that's all that, that would be great. I had, did you love Alistair Thorne, by the way, leaning into him and be like, you don't have many friends left now, Tarly
0: Yeah. Poor Sam. He's still, he's still got ghosts. Now. He's still got Gilly. That's all he needs.
1: Yeah. Well, did you, did you, do you think that he is going to take any kind of heed to what Eamon said about you know, go south, get that baby as far south as you can. Like, at what point does Sam, he's already broken his vows. At what point does he stop caring about the night's watch at all? If Jon Snow's, you know, away and uh, if, if Gilly's being threatened at every turn, is, is Sam going to stay loyal to these guys? Is, is he really that caught up in this?
0: <sighs> it's a good question. Uh, he has one job there, and that's to learn about what's going on with the walkers. You got to read some books, but there's no reason why he can't like work from home on that assignment.
1: <laughs> yeah, send a raven, you know, like, yeah, hey, like a, I, I know i thousands of I miles think I've, away. I think
0: I finally figured it out. Uh, I think I think I know what to do now.
1: <laughs> like, yes. wish I, I was
0: there. Yes. All right. Uh, let's do one last one. And this is from The Muffin That Sucks. Why did Braun trust the sand snake uh, gave him an antidote and not more poison. Well, I think at that point, I think it's a calculated risk.
1: Yeah. What choice do you have at <laughs> that point? You know, so if it's more poison, well, I'm just dead sooner.
0: Which I'm more dead bad. now. Yes.
1: Yeah. You, I'm not just mostly dead. I'm all dead.
0: All right. Let's do one more. Do one, one more after that from uh, Spicy Wasabi. Why isn't Littlefinger in jail for owning these brothels? Good question.
1: Good question. And I think that that is a, the sort of question that points to the possibility that Littlefinger might be more wrapped up with the Faith Militant and the High Sparrow than I think we've been willing to kind of take on. With I, I there was an interesting thing. I mean, I follow the subreddit uh, for Game of Thrones, and someone posted a scene there earlier this week of Varus talking to the Queen of Thorns from a couple seasons ago, and Varus basically saying like Littlefinger has he has a couple of things. He has the smarts, and he's got uh, the money. Uh, but what he hasn't had is the army. And how long do you think it's going to take for him to get the army? And we've seen this season now, uh, through his actions of last season, he has the Knights of the Veil. Vale. So he has money, he's got smarts, and he's got an army. Uh, and so really this guy does seem to be the limit for Littlefinger. And we know what his ambitions are, which they are the guy. So I could he be involved with the High Septon or the High Sparrow? I would color, color me not surprised if that's the case. I don't know exactly where that's going to play or or how that's going to go, Uh, but I think that's a very good question Spicy Wasabi raises. Okay.
0: All right, Antonio, great job tonight. Thank you, Rob. And so, oh, thank you very much. All right. So uh, no a- after this, the next Game of Thrones podcast we're gonna do, Josh Wiggler and I are gonna take your Game of Thrones questions. You can send them in all week long, or actually all until Tuesday when we record that show at G O T at postshowrecaps.com. We want to read your comments as well on postshowrecaps.com. And then also our post show recaps voicemail line is postshowrecaps.com slash voicemail. Antonio, are you working on anything?
1: Yeah, we've got a couple things in the mix here. Uh, Mike Bloom and I will be recording about Community, uh, which has been running on Yahoo. Uh, How's it been? I have not not been keeping up. It's been very good. They just did a paintball episode last week. We know Community and paintball episode is is fun stuff. So the season will be coming to a close here. We'll do a podcast at the end of the season and we'll wrap that up. True Detectives coming up. I'm going to definitely be involved with that here at Post Show Recaps. Josh and I will be covering The Leftovers this summer. And uh, Mike Bloom and I and a special guest might have recorded uh, something about a historic show uh, that we, we'd love to talk about because it's it's coming out uh, with a with a key date in the show's history uh, in the next month or so. So definitely be on the lookout for that in the next week or two on
0: post-show. Hmm. Well, now I'm stumped. I'm stumped, Anthony. What a tease. What a tease that was.
1: I, I'm a teaser. That's what I do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, in addition, uh, Mike Bloom and AJ Mass recorded about Wayward Pines. Uh, we've got the new uh, once the latest Once Upon a Time podcast. I talked about uh, the four, uh, the 40th season in review of Saturday Night Live with Rich Tackenberg. So a lot of stuff going on at postshowrecaps.com. Uh don't miss any of it when you subscribe to postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. All right, Antonio, we need a hashtag for tonight. I've got a couple of options for you.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd love to hear some more ideas about Throne Alone.
0: Okay, Throne Alone is on the board. What else we have? Uh, Red Fox News.
1: Red Fox News is pretty good.
0: That's pretty good. Uh, And uh, burnt out brothel. Yeah, well, that's you just never
1: want to be anywhere near a burnt out brothel. I'd like to. I really would like to hear some more ideas about Throne Alone. Are you on board with that? Sure.
0: So let us know what you guys think about some more plot twists of Throne Alone. Uh, thanks so much for watching this show with us here tonight, live or in the archives. We appreciate you getting all the way to the end. Great live turnout tonight. We'll be doing it again next Sunday night. Only three weeks left of Game of Thrones. Very exciting. We're in the home stretch here, Antonio.
1: We are. What is it? Two episodes until the. Fin- <laughs> Let's do. There's just two
0: episodes <laughs> left until the finale of Game of Thrones season five.
1: Oh my gosh! So I don't—I can't do the math on that. Yeah, but we're—we're—we're—we're really cooking our way through this season, Rob.
0: Yeah. There we go. Okay, everybody, have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.